Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan and I'm at the trade show in Houston, Texas. And this is the trade show that happens before the festival, which a lot of you have gone to uh, in usually October, early November. And I'm walking around and I'm finding my designer friends, people who are doing incredible things. I went by Coach House Designs. You know the pattern company. Well, Barb Chernichek is with this uh brain behind the whole design firm. So Barb, thank you for being here. Thank you, Pat. I, I'm happy to talk with you today. I'm very excited. I know. I walked in your booth and saw all these really cute things and we just started chatting and I thought, you know what? Let's just record. Let's just go and, and do a little segment because, you know, how long have you been designing like patterns? Uh, it'll be, actually, this is my 10th year. Wow. Yeah. And I've been to every market, uh, spring and fall since I started, except for one when my dad passed away last year. But yeah. uh, other than that, no, I've uh, I've been doing it, and I'm looking at about 40 patterns, 50 patterns yeah. a year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, that's incredible. Yeah. Because th- this is what you do. You're a pattern designer. That's and, my full-time, yeah. more than full-time Time job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's really unique, I think, about your work, because you've done this with my lines of fabric, yep. is you'll take a line of fabric and you'll create a project that goes like with the theme the designer had for their line. You take your own personal design um, spin on something creative. Uh, what I you, you you do a lot with Moda fabrics. Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah, we have a very good relationship. So yeah, and Moda of course makes darling fabric. Yes, and, uh, it's very easy to work with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this this market, when I went by your booth, uh, there were some really incredible quilts done with Deb Strain's line. That those that's what caught my eye. Yep. And I asked you about them, and you're like, "Well, I'm using the panels that Deb yep. does." Yeah. So I thought it would be really first to describe that line because you know it's well this is this line's called Be Joyful. Uh, it's due out in early in the new year. Um, it is her third B line, um, but it's incredibly cute. It's almost um, more elegant, I would mm-hmm. say, than the previous lines. Um, but it's got a good variety of color in it from the. Uh, very soft white into a uh, light yellow and gray and sort of a medium gray and going right into the dark. So it really gives you the full um, palette of colors to suit your tastes or mm-hmm. your, your home de- decoration. And if anybody had been doing the bee fabrics from one of the other lines, this would blend in with Oh, those. certainly. You could certainly interchange. I mean, if you had any previous patterns or whatever, uh, you could certainly inter- interchange them with those, yeah. Sure. Well, what I wanted to talk about first, you have a couple of really cool things to talk about. But the first thing is that you do a lot with panels. Yes. So that's a unique thing. A lot of people will get a panel and they'll just pretty much put borders on it, you yeah. know, and yeah. quilt it, which well, is fabulous. Yeah. But... But, yeah, you can only sell so many of those in your shop. That's yeah, for sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people want to do something more creative. I mean, yeah. and even on my Facebook group, people will say, I got this panel, what can I do? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, well, you need to look at Coach House Designs. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I um, have a arrangement with Deb where I work with all of her fabric lines, and she always comes up with a panel. So 
um, when you're working, and she has a she has a lot of fabric groups. So over the years, I've I've just really tried hard to try and do unique things with it, so it's not the same look every time. Because people get bored of it, and you know you want to have a little bit of pride in what you've done. And right. If it's too easy, then it's just kind of oh yeah, I yeah. just kind of threw this together. Right. So, right. Right. Um, but then still making it simple because my target audience for my patterns is more. You know, the beginner or someone with some experience, but not, mm-hmm. you know, the super advanced quilters. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I try and take those panels and put them into a variety of different um, backgrounds and different shapes and just try and think, you know, I search Pinterest, I search the internet looking for anything that would be suitable to throw a square on. So, right. <laughs> you know, or just put, is it a fence? Is it an object? Is yeah. it, you know, is it the center of a block? Anything that will just give it a different look and, you know, make it interesting. And sometimes a panel, think about, like, for those of you listening, think about it as a panel could be just blocks with the images, and sometimes a panel is a whole rectangle, like a whole scenery. Um, This particular one, was it block-based? Yes, it's block-based. So each panel has six blocks on it, and there's a a light panel, which has kind of got the sort of the... um, antique white background Mm -hmm. and then there's a gray panel that has a darker gray background and then there's a black panel so um yeah and there's six six ten inch blocks so Mm -hmm. ten and a half inch cut ten inch finished blocks on them so here what i really love like think of the word home you did a banner with home and so one of the blocks is is the O. Yes. The yeah, B. one of the, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a B and an oval. And I just looked at that and I thought, oh, that looks like an O. Yeah. And then, you know, that, um, right now with, um, you know, searching around Pinterest and just home deck shops and everything, everything's into the lettering and the, and the signs, right? The signs are so That was cool. a perfect use for that is mm-hmm. to, to incorporate it into a word and it just seems very fitting for home. And, it, and it's a nice size little project, so. And also, you've incorporated houses and yep. stars, two things that quilters love, and the most darling bees ever. Yeah, 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 they're very cute. <laughs> they're the very bees cute. and the sashing, yeah. I just, I don't know, I wanted to put them in there as a pieced item, and it, then mm-hmm. it just kind of worked out to be in the sashing. Right. And then there's the ones with the milk cans, too, which are all yes. tend to be a bit popular. Yeah, the milk can, and that, you know, all the farm decorating, yeah. the sort of modern farm look, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. where this just all fits. These are just so so cute your local quilt shops will carry these the coach house designs that that um barbara's done how many how many patterns have you done over the years oh my goodness i've probably done four to five hundred yeah that's just it's just yeah. crazy because you're doing this all the time because li- lines come out all the time all they don't the just time. come out twice a year no. they're no, constant. and I've, I've started to work with a few other fabric companies too. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, because I'm crazy. Because yeah. I'm so busy as it is, and especially preparing for market. You know, yeah. those are like 14 hour days for at least a month almost. Right. So. Everything comes all at once. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. All, this, all the sample fabric comes in, and you've got all those projects to prepare. So. Yeah. <laughs> Would you have a tip for something for a panel, thinking about a panel where it is not block based? Because those tend to be a little bit easier to put them in a center, like you have a great maze. Mm-hmm. A lattice work one, mm-hmm. but how about a panel that's like a scenery? A how, scenery. How do you think about those? Um, well, what I would do with a with a, a panel that had some scenery is I would put blocks, you know, sort of like the framed thing with you know the borders, but uh-huh. I wouldn't make them plain borders. I would okay. try and like if it was a mountain scene or something, I would try and extend those mountains into the border. Oh, cool! So you had some uh, pieced 
of blocks in the border that mm -hmm. extended the images over, or if it was a scenery of, um, like I've seen ones that have like Monet's garden and stuff yeah. like that. So then you'd probably want to uh, come up with some blocks that were flowers. Yeah. Um, okay. To leaves, pull from the center leaves, theme. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if you want to keep it to piecing or even extend some applique in there, so mm -hmm. you know you could uh, add in some. If it was uh, again the mountain scene, you could add in some birds. You could add mm -hmm. in bears. Put in some extra trees on the outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, just try and think outside the box a little bit, and you can really come up with a very interesting little right. project. And I bet that you've already done some pro some patterns that probably suit multiple panels. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So they could go out to you know coachhousedesigns.com oh, yeah. and. And if you've got a panel and you're like wondering if something to do, well, Barb might have something that it just plugs right into her pattern. Exactly. And then you don't so, have to calculate anything. No, <laughs> no. And, and the other thing you could um, you could do is like um, if there was a pattern on there that interested you and you think would be suitable, you just quickly send me an email and I'll tell you what the center block is and whether it would oh, be good. suitable. Okay. Because really that's that's the key to not having to fill too much with mm -hmm. the dimensions of everything is to yeah. find something that would easily just slap right in there. Oh, absolutely perfect. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit because you have an entirely different project. I do. <laughs> that yeah. is so cool called Fab Switch. Fab Switch, yeah. Now Fab Switch was kind of uh, something I, I, I thought of because uh, customers have a hard time seeing beyond the fabrics on the front of a pattern. Mm -hmm. And it's a very expensive industry uh, for the quilter. I mean, fabric's not cheap and, yeah. you know, you don't want to buy something and then not like it, right? Mm -hmm. So I figured if people could uh, switch out the fabrics on my patterns and see what they would look like in the fabrics of their choice, whether it's something they have sitting in their stash or something they see at their local quilt shop that they really love, and they can either um, up, uh, upload an image of it using their phone or they can download um, or on the app they can just select the fabric mm -hmm. from a list of preloaded fabrics yes. and um, and it's just a matter of clicking on the fabric on the app and then clicking on the picture of the, of the pattern and you get a completely different look and then you can print it out with all the fabric requirements. That is fabulous. Yeah. So like they could be working on an idea and then get the exact fabrics that they would need for this new color colorway yep. that they came yep. up with. Yeah, and it will give you the exact amount of fabric that you need, mm -hmm. where to put it, because all my patterns are written as fabric one, fabric two, so yeah. it's easy, nice. easy to translate. <laughs> yeah, for sure, it's translated into your project. Now, how do they get to this app because well, they have to have it on their phone um yeah okay can, it's not it's not something that's available in the app store okay um working with the app store is a bit complicated and yeah. i hope maybe one day it will be in there but i had some technical issues still yeah with that. okay so um it is a web-based app so if you go oh, cool. to your local browser whether it's safari or whatever's on mm -hmm. your phone you can get to it through there and okay. the address is app app dot fab switch Mm -hmm. dot com yeah. and you just click on that whether it's on your phone on your ipad on your mm. home computer yeah so it's um, pretty easy yeah and get into it that way and it's a free app yeah and it um it uh has um lots of different fabrics preloaded into it like i'm completely up to date with the mode of fabrics and i've yeah. just hired uh, my development company to 
develop a new process to allow me to get fabrics in there uh, faster. faster. Yeah. So it's just a matter of click, 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 click instead of spending an hour on every fabric group because that's yeah. how it started out. Yeah. So they, I'm, my hope is, and I've made some contacts at market to yeah. add in other fabric companies as well. Awesome. Barb, this has been so much fun to catch up. Thank I can you. take some pictures of your booth so I can share it. And, uh, That's awesome. Thank you again. Thanks, Pat. This is American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. We're going to take a break and be right back. Quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Use paint to create a larger-than-life chalkboard wall in your sewing space. You can use it to keep track of current project information and shopping lists. Bonus, batting scraps work perfectly as erasers. Get six issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes. You don't want to miss out. Are you a good starter of projects but not the best finisher? Have you amassed a large collection of UFOs or unfinished objects? Join our private Facebook group to be supported by a community of quilters all working to finish their projects. Search for the American Patrick and Quilting UFO Challenge on Facebook to get started. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I am still in Houston, Texas, and I am rounding up other designers. Well, no, to be honest, I, I contacted them in advance, and now I have the amazing Sue Daly here. And she is with Wiley Blake as a fabric designer, but she's also a notions designer. She's a pattern designer. And Sue, I just, I'm so excited. So excited. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be here too. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Well, we just were discussing on the walk over here how how does it take so long sometimes to get to know somebody when you've been both coming to market for years? Yeah, well, we, I was just saying, you know, I've been here, this is my 10th year and, and I've never met you. And, <laughs> and I think that's a bit bizarre, really. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. And, and, and timing's always, you know, sometimes it's just meant to be that way. So, yeah. so where do you live? When you're I, not here. <laughs> so I live in Australia on the east coast in the subtropics in Queensland. So I live in a beautiful part of the world. Not on, not, not on the beach, but close to the beach, but I live in a, like a rural part. So it's not a lot of people there, but okay. it's a tourist destination. Yeah. So how did you start in as a business? Um, did you start designing a shop? Well, it really started way back, and I, I, I did have a shop back in the 80s, um, and it was just a fabric store, and I wanted mm-hmm. to turn it into a patchwork store, but it was the early, early 80s where in Australia we had nothing. Yeah. And so I chased that, and then it was really, there, there just wasn't enough. So what, for me, I just thought, you know what, if I want something, everyone else must want something, so I'm going to make it. Yeah. So I started making things, and it was like I started with acrylic templates, and 
and then you know there was the cutting mat and the the needles and it was because it was a particular type of needle I wanted and mm-hmm. and every time way back then if I wanted something I'd have to write a letter to the US and then get them yeah. and a check and get them sent it would be oh. months oh yeah so and I just thought well you know what I'm doing this and yeah. then of course the paper piecing the English paper piecing um, was something I really loved so um, we didn't have any of that and I thought you know what I'm doing that too yeah <laughs> and it was it was hard it was tough because everybody laughed at me and said no, no one will ever do that no yeah. one will ever do that yeah and now there's this a wave of Sue Daly fans so tell me a bit about the style that you're working in now the- Okay, so I initially I was working a lot of reproduction fabric, and that's okay. you know that very scrappy, very mm-hmm. very scrappy look. And I still love that look. That's my passion is scrappy, just throwing anything together and yeah. making it work. Um, and now, as a fabric designer, you have to design in a collection. Yeah. Um, and it's probably maybe the hard, one of the hardest things I've ever done is work in a collection because you don't have as much variety. Right. Um, so I often throw a lot of basics in there. I still like the scrappy, but I do work in my own collections. Mm-hmm. Um, and it changes. So none of my collections ever look the same as the last. Oh, okay. They're always very different. So, you know, I really like to work in bright fabric now. I love okay. it. It makes you very happy on me. Yes, yeah. yeah. So do you prefer, do your fabrics lean like sort of a lot of blues or a lot of reds or does that switch up too? Oh, it switches up too. And it, sometimes it depends on what the company Riley Black wants, so they might, yeah. they, you know, they w- might want a red range. And I can, can you do a red range? And, I, uh, and I'm happy to work in the reds. Yeah, and I, yeah. I love that. Um, my, I had a really successful blue range, but I really like lots of color. As okay. many colors as I can get in there, I want, yeah. but I can't always have that. Um, yeah. So I just have to work with, you know. Sometimes we have to work within the boundaries, but um, you know, my yeah, I, I really yeah. The, the bright, colorful stuff is good. So I'm curious. A lot of your your brand, your you know, your yep. Sue Daly brand has the color pink. Yep. You're wearing gorgeous pink. Yep. <laughs> and your tools are all branded to the color pink. How did you how did you get into that color? Well, it was I mean that was a color I always loved. Mm-hmm. And so once once um I mean we started with when it started off, it was you know, I never really thought it was ever gonna go anywhere. So, yeah. you know, we had a green cutting mat. The turntable was green. And then um you know, as things happen, you know, mm-hmm. stuff, other stuff comes out. And I was like, you know what? I need to make this my own. So pink was the colour. Mm-hmm. And so the turntable was pink. Um, when Solime put my name to the glue pen, they started with the pink glue as well, which was really lovely for me because it was sort of all blended. Yeah. Yeah, so we've just stuck with that, and the logo's always been pink. So we've just stayed with it. Yeah. Stayed with the pink, mm-hmm. yeah. It's nice that you're, you're very distinct then. You yeah. know, you always have that. Yeah. So... I'm with the English paper piecing. Did you always do that? I mean, you said you got interested at one point, but like when you first started, were you doing just regular patchwork or applique? Did you? Oh yeah, no, I was. I was a traditional hand piecer. Oh, okay. Um, applique is a real forte of mine. Yeah. Um, fine hand quilting, English paper piecing. I'd done a little bit of it, and the, the thing with with it was I loved it, but there were so many things in my eyes that weren't quite right with it, and it took so long. You know, and people don't have that much time. When when I introduced the blue pen method to it, that's when the world, when it took off around the world. Yeah. You know, it was very slow until that happened, mm-hmm. and um, and that really, you know, it just set us apart. Really, it's been amazing. So. Now, you do a lot of videos, too. I do, yeah. Yeah, you do a ton of videos. Were you doing those before your fabric line as well? Yes. Yeah, so how do people find your videos? Oh, they love them, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because you don't really... 
understand how many people's lives you can touch. And the most amazing thing about that is that, and I didn't realise until recently, was that how much joy you can bring to somebody because so many people are housebound and they can't get out. Or in Australia, you know, they're living in the outback or somewhere and that's their only point of contact. And, you know, it really brought it home to me that, you know, there's so many people out there who don't have access, like everybody. Right. There's no and local quilt shop. No, and 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 so you've really, um, have, I feel like I've sort of touched a few lives as well along the way, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the videos, do they live all on YouTube or on your website? What's the best place for both? Be- YouTube's usually the best place okay. to go, but they are on the website as well. Yeah. And they're all very technique based. Yeah, yeah. So you, are you also running them for projects like? for a sew-along or a block of the month uh, kind of We thing. do do some sew-alongs, and um, they have been very technique-based, but, yeah. however, the new ones coming that are going to be coming through, you know, we have a whole schedule for next year, yeah. are going to be a little different. So there will be some project-based ones. There'll be more sew-alongs, and there'll be... Um, I want to change it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just because it's sort of... The technique's a technique. I mean, right. we have upgraded the technique one a little bit recently, mm-hmm. just sort of um, brought new fabrics into it and things like right. that. But right. um, we're going to change that up. And there'll be a lot more videos. So do you have a recording studio in your so in your space? When uh, so it is we have a warehouse um, mm-hmm. and I have a studio upstairs so we usually record in there so it's all set yeah. up there ready for us. Ah, so it's all set up. See so I'm jealous now because <laughs> I have to re- I have to record in the studio I work in, yeah. which means I have to get things moved, I have to be sure nothing's behind that's secret, well, you know. That doesn't mean I don't have to move anything. <laughs> I mean I used to do it in my lounge room. Oh yeah. And then we moved to the studio, but I've been away on the road for six months now traveling around uh. Australia. And I've come home, and because everyone complained about my studio being, like yeah. my studio in the warehouse being yeah. messy, and I've walked in, I'm like, are you serious? Like, yeah. Yeah. I haven't been here. You yeah. need to clean this up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's been in my studio. Uh, yeah. 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 I know, it's like when I wrote you, you were on the road. You were yeah. traveling. Yeah. That's just, that's amazing travel. So yeah. much travel. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the new things that you're working on. Uh, what is the most current fabric line in stores that people can see? So current in store is, um, it's just released and it's called Abby. And it's a really sweet range. It was, um, I've co-designed that with uh, a graphic designer I've had in-house for a long time. And um, we... For me, the vision for that was that I wanted it to be on trend with the colour palette. I wanted it to be um, like meet up with the homewares and home decor because what I found out is that um, a lot of mums, young mums, want their baby's room or their teenager's yeah. room to coordinate with the rest of the house. Yeah. And so forever, people just make quilts and they put them in the cupboard. Uh. And I wanted them to these to to use it. So on our the storyboard that we created, we mocked up this beautiful baby room and a teenager's room, so people could actually see that it was just really on trend. That mm-hmm. was important for me. So there's a little girl involved, and we she's in the main print, but the the whole collection will run on its own without her if you don't like the novelty. Oh, yeah. And then there's some um, other prints you can use for boys as well. So it's really yeah. been, uh, you know. Sort of, you can use a lot of stuff, right? So yes, a very usable lot. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and yeah. it's been it's 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 been very popular, and we've got a lot of support product with it. Lots of um, beautiful packaging for English paper piecing products. Um, we've got little carry bags, and we did a lot of support product mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. 
Super, yeah. super, so that, super. That's current. But I have a new line coming out called yes. Sweet Stems. So Sweet Stems. Yeah. yeah. And it's very different. It's a very different color palette. Um, and we've got a lot of support product with that as well. But we're doing a lot of limited edition stuff now. Rather okay. than just keep running it. It's like limited edition. Once it's done, it's done. Yeah. And we're focusing on the packaging as well. So it presents well in people's stores. Yeah. yeah. So, so for the quilter, tell me what like the ma- what the main piece of the fabric line of Sweet Stems is. What does it look like? Okay, so they're like a peony, and um, so it's, it's a it's a big flower, um, mm-hmm. and so it's a it's a big print. So it works beautifully in clothing as well, yes, and it's good for nice. fussy cutting, and um, and it's a it has a blue. It's like a it's a sort of a it's not navy blue and it's not royal blue it's kind right. of that sort of it's a really pink. nice yeah. blue yeah it's with a... the pink and the green so mm-hmm. it works beautifully with a soft pink so um it's a great line there's a few uh, i always have some zinger prints in there but all mm-hmm. my lines I always make sure i have something that's easier to fussy cut that has a fairly close pattern repeat right because yeah. it's something I works do as well. yeah it works in your patterns yeah. so yeah. what is one of your favorite patterns that you have coming out over there oh okay so um we have done uh, for this line uh created some packaging for this with pillow boxes and so we've done some um I've done so, some and that's, so that's like a little cute little box yeah. that the kit will come in. And it looks like in. a pillow. So yeah. the papers and templates all come yeah. in there. But I think my favorite one was called Sweetwater. Yeah. And then um, I also have like um, some people like I work with that do patterns under my branding. Yes. Which, um, so Shasta Daisy has created this awesome cactus quilt, which has been mm-hmm. really popular. Um, and then, of course, Gabby, um, Gabby Neal. Gabrielle Neal, her name is. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done some real simple pre-cut sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. they work under my branding, but it's like a, a Sudanian Co. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. So, right. but um, and the other one, I guess, was uh, this a quilt called Torbe, which is a really, really simple quilt, but it's quite modern. But it's mm-hmm. for that person who wants to do paper piecing, English paper piecing. But are a little bit afraid that it's easy and quick. Yeah. With a little bit of applique as well. Yeah. yeah. It's fabulous, so, fabulous. Yeah. And I'm now the lucky owner of my own Sue mm. Daly mat that she put my name on. Yeah. You are. You are. Everybody so has to have a mat. I know. Has I, know. Have a mat. I have to fangirl. It's like, oh, my own mat. <laughs> um, Sue, this has been fabulous. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been yeah, really good. I just have really enjoyed. Um, your work for so long and I send people to see your videos when they're looking for a technique it's like okay see what Sue did <laughs> and I love it so thank you thank you thank you very much we're going to take a break this is American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast we'll be right back Quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Cut leftover binding into one and a half inch long pieces and use them as leaders and enders. Hi, I'm Jody Sanders, group editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases to make a difference. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others who are in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. 
you will make a difference with every pillowcase that you donate. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com slash million pillowcases. Join the annual American Patchwork and Quilting Quilt Along, along with thousands of other quilters. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quiltalong to choose your favorite project and get the pattern. Then get sewing. Share photos of your progress on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan, and I'm still in Houston at the International Trade Show, the Quilting Trade Show. And I have been a huge fan of Quilt Folk magazine since it came out. And so I contacted the creator of this amazing um, magazine, um, Mike McCormick, and said, Do you have a few minutes? Can I talk to you? And Mike has been very gracious, and I'm so glad that I get to talk to you for a few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is great. Yeah. So you you um, came at quilt making via a, a print publication, but what in your background makes you like quilting so much to to make this huge endeavor? Sure. This is a big project. Yeah, no, I think I have a very unlike, you know unlikely story um, yeah. when it comes to coming into quilting. So I was actually my childhood dream was to be a professional baseball player, mm-hmm. which I was lucky enough to do at age 18. I was drafted uh, by the Tampa Bay Rays. And I took off at 18 for six years ah. and uh, played all over the East Coast and got a chance to fulfill my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, when that ended, I jumped right into entrepreneurship and business. It just seemed like uh, a place that was like sports. You could, the harder you worked, um, sometimes the more that you could, that you could do. And so I got into business and actually my first quote unquote real job was mm-hmm. in lighting design. And I was the co-founder of a company that um, made these really cool LED lights. Oh, cool. And it just so happened that quilters loved those lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I started going to quilt markets. This was probably six years ago or so. Uh-huh. And um, when I got here, I just found a group of people that were super passionate, mm-hmm. that were really creative, that had developed a sense of community um, that was pretty... Um, pretty unlike a lot of things I'd seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just something special here. And the people were all super friendly and nice. And so I knew this was a place that I could I could be and uh, be with other creative, passionate people, which yeah. was interesting to me. So I bet that that's a little bit like the sports in a way, that mm-hmm. a lot of people are very passionate about that sort of almost single focus in a way. Quilters can yeah. be a little single focused. <laughs> yeah, the single-mindedness is absolutely yeah. part of what I think I was drawn to. Yeah. Because with baseball, you're doing it, you know, at least you're thinking about it or playing right. or doing things, you know, almost all waking right. hours right. of the day. <laughs> and there's an, there's an element of that for sure with yeah. quilters too, right? Right, right. yes. Uh, passionate, hardcore yeah. quilters for are sure. like, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So the, what you have is... It's a magazine, but it's different than a magazine in a lot of ways. And I know that you have a really um, good, strong vision for what your your publication is. Can tell me a little bit about how you developed it and what what exactly it is? So it's a little bit different. Well, as I said, when I was coming to these markets, I actually the, um, I ended up creating a, a 
writing a series of children's books about quilting. Oh, neat. Yeah. I did three self-published uh, children's oh, quilting story books yeah. and sold them in shops all over the country. And yeah. We ended up developing um, our own fabric line that we manufactured and self-distributed. Um, and so I would come to these shows doing these things, and I was like... You're a real quilter, you know that? Because you, well, like, dive in 100%. Yeah. Well, and I should... My, my disclaimer is that I've only, I've only like, made sort of one quilt in my oh. life, actually. And so a lot of people ask me, am I a quilter? Uh, I'm not, but I sort of feel adopted in just yes. because I've been yeah. here for so long. But part of the experience of coming here was that people would just tell me these incredible stories about their lives. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe because I was an outsider, I started to see the quilter as more than just what they did in this room, but also, you know, their their family stories and where they were traveling and the people that they were introducing their passion to and just all kinds of the things that inspired their work, the ways that they gathered in their communities. And so I was hearing these stories and I thought there really should be um, something or some place where these stories can live mm-hmm. and be shared. Mm-hmm. And when I looked across the landscape, I didn't see anything that was quite the way that we had envisioned it. Mm-hmm. And so we created Quilt Folk completely. I mean, there was just a few of us, just with the basic premise that um, we wanted to tell the culture's story in a way that was engaging and helped um, build the community a little bit. And so we launched it, um, no advertisements, which was different. Right, that's... Um, you know, state, no, no patterns. No patterns. Um, and I think a lot of people, if I had known, uh, you know, that maybe this wasn't the way that it was had always been done, I might have done things differently. But, again, I didn't have a publishing background. I just I looked at it as great stories that need to be told, and that's kind of how we developed the concept. Yeah. What, what I would love to hear is how, sort of like a little behind-the-scenes peek about how you put together who you will talk to, because you have a theme... Uh, right now, they're sort of state-based, but within a state, you have an, a massive amount of, oh, yeah. of quilt making that happens. A ton. And that's, yeah. So it used to be um, very much stories came word of mouth. I mean, it uh-huh. was like, you know, I remember our first uh, state was Oregon, which is where we were from. And I started with shops that I knew and I was friends with. Then we went to Iowa, and we kind of had connected with um, some folks there, Marianne Fonz, who uh, was able to guide us in different directions. And we would just literally take a team of people put we would go in a car you know get in a car and we would have maybe eight to ten places that we had gathered word of mouth Mm -hmm. Um, but then we would just find and uncover different interesting stories along the journey now it's a lot of that but it's also we've added you know mary fonce has come in as our uh, editor-in-chief she's done a terrific job of building out our team and um, actually planning and you know, working ahead and those kind of things. And so the way we've gathered stories has changed a little bit from, I'd say, more of a reactive approach of just sort of yeah. getting on the road and finding them. <laughs> so now we're a little more proactive, but um, at the end, you're right, you know, we could do 10 issues on every state. I mean, yeah. you, you could never, and we plan on going back and, you know, retelling those stories again. But it's, uh, even at 180 pages with what our magazine is, yeah. it's, it's not enough to tell the incredible stories in every, every state. What, what I love is that the, you don't have just like professionals, like people who are doing it as a business. You might have uh, somebody talking about a family quilt mm-hmm. or a, a quilt maker who is their hobby. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that was really kind of intentional. Um, one of my firm beliefs is that 
you can, if you talk to somebody, anybody long enough, um, they will tell you something super fascinating mm -hmm. that you would have never expected. Mm -hmm. And I tell a lot of our team when they get in interviews even that uh, the magic really happens in the third hour of yeah. getting to talk to somebody. Yeah. I don't know why that is, <laughs> but, you know, as you get more comfortable and you talk to them pretty soon, they just leave more things uncover. So we felt like um, instead of just talking to people that you might know, we wanted to find the everyday quilter and, and say, mm -hmm. well, you know, what about your life has been... Um, you know, that what's interesting and what, what would you like to share? And a great example of that is an issue for Tennessee. Um, I had a, an, an opportunity to talk to Dolly Parton about her song, Code of Many Colors, uh -huh. on the phone. Yeah. Which everybody knows Dolly. She's yeah. an incredible superstar. But directly after her story in that, in that magazine was the story of Minnie Lee, uh, who lives in a small town in Tennessee. She's 95 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, she's been married to her husband. They just celebrated a few weeks ago their 75th wedding anniversary. Wow. Um, and she's been doing small kind of county fair shows for most of her life. And, you know, most people would never get to know Minnie Lee and her incredible miniature quilts. Mm -hmm. uh, but those two stories live side by side in Quilt Folk, and I think readers love them both. And we certainly love telling those stories. Yeah. That, it's, it is fascinating, the type of people that are out there. You know, yeah, like, totally. like, what, when, when you go on location... You actually are photographing there, you know, for a lot of the people, yeah. right? You're actually visiting their homes and their towns. All of them. In fact, uh, a few funny stories there. Um, I remember when we did issue two, Iowa, it was the middle of January and then February, and there were just sheets of ice. Oh. I mean, it was yeah. crazy weather. February in Iowa. I think it yeah. was like seven degrees <laughs> when we landed. Oh, gosh. Um, but Sandy Gervais lived in a small town mm -hmm. up in, in yeah. Iowa. And um, we had an appointment to go see her studio. And it uh -huh. was a really cool studio. And so we drove for 10 hours on sheets of ice to go get that uh -huh. one interview. Yeah. And I'm so glad we did because yeah. the photos were incredible. And she said, you know, look, people don't really come up here much to talk to me. Yeah. Um, and it was just a great experience. And so that was great. And then last issue, uh, we featured Gwen Marston and, um, yeah. and Mary. And the crew actually got on a small puddle jumper of a plane yeah. and flew across to see her. So we... We uh, we go anywhere and everywhere for our stories, and it's part of um, it's, it's something that's really important that we may, you know, keep doing that. Have you um, gone out to like the museums and do that, or you're really focusing more on individuals that you can actually talk to about their specific quilt? I think it's both. You know, when you look at the the quilting community, it, it, you know, museums are part of that, shows are part of that, shops are definitely part of that. Um, and so we try to get a decent mix of, of things in the magazine. We, you know, I'd, I'd say we average maybe one museum uh, per issue maybe mm -hmm. that we kind of stop and look at. But certainly something uh, that we try to get a, a broad mix of aspects of the quilting community in every issue. Mm -hmm. You're also doing a really neat um, monthly thing where you have sort of a, a designer take... Mm -hmm. Uh, and are they all antique quilts and then sort of make their version of it? Yeah, so Quilt Folk Patterns, um, which has lived digitally only up until now, one of the things we're announcing at this show is that um, coming in the first part of this next year, we're actually we're going to print those in their own print oh. magazine. So they'll be digital and print. But the concept behind that was that we find hundreds of incredible vintage quilts on, yeah. on the road that we cannot <laughs> put all of them in the, right. in the magazine. So we pick one of those quilts, um, we tell the story of the quilt, the pattern, the maker, the owner, and then we pair that quilt up uh, with a contemporary designer. So we've had Tula, Pink, um, Denise Schmidt's coming out next month, 
Jeff Carolyn Friedlander was that one of them? Um, not, not yet. No, no, okay. No. But um, it was so, somebody else I saw. Yeah, and so we find folks who uh, we pair them up with a vintage quilt, and then they reimagine a more contemporary mm-hmm. version mm-hmm. of that quilt. And then the cool thing that we do is we actually fly both quilts and both people to the same location. And there's this great moment where quilts and people and time come together. And uh, people tease me. They say there's got to be, you know, uh, less expensive ways to create a pattern, which there certainly are. <laughs> but we think that it's just a really special thing. And we're excited that it'll be in print here soon. Yeah. Oh, that is neat. Well, Mike, this has been fun to get a peek. I love getting a peek behind the scenes and how you, you plan things. And you have a lot of other new things coming up. This is... You know, in 2019, so people should like get on. You have like a newsletter you send out. Yeah, quiltfolk.com will have all the information. You can get it on our newsletter there. Okay, perfect. Thank hey. you so much. Thank you. This is American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sullivan. We're going to take a break, then we'll be right back. Quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Secure the tool used to change your sewing machine foot to the side of your sewing machine with a hook and loop dot. It's always at hand when you need to make a foot change. We know our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more details. We've been doing the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast since 2011. That's a lot of shows. Search for guests, listen to past episodes, and read quotes from the show on our website. You'll even find a special welcome video from our host, Pat Sloan. Visit us at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan, wrapping up from Houston, Texas at the trade show. I've sat down here having a coffee just uh, taking a breather to take it all in. So the trade show is one of the things that I love to do. It's where I get to connect with all the people that I normally work with. And instead of just writing them all the time, I can actually have a meeting and we can sit down and sort of go back and forth. It makes it a lot easier to be able to do this twice a year with the business partners that I have. So that's a lot of what I did at the trade show. Then in between, I did some of the recordings, uh, you know, interviewed people here, and that was a lot of fun. We always had to find a place that was a little bit more quiet. I'm in a really quiet spot right now, which is kind of nice. But when we were racing around doing the podcast, you know, spotting, you know, Mr. Greg, uh, (laughs) the shipping department, my husband, he would go around and find a spot and then... 
uh, what's kind of funny here, I'll give you behind the scenes, is like generally where we have to do those, you could hear all that background noise, uh, because I don't want to ask the, my guests to walk a whole long way like I just did. I'm sort of way off in a corner of the convention center right now where there isn't anybody. Uh, you know, they're not doing anything here right now. It's a large convention center. But normally, you know, my guests, I'm not going to walk them that far. So they have really great little rest stops, recharging stations, little meeting areas all around the convention center floor. So we would just go to one closest to where they sat. But it could be a little bit noisy, and then sometimes people would see somebody and not know that we were recording, and they would, like, come up going, hey, how's it going, you know, to me or to my guest. So Greg would try to, you know, get them to wait a few minutes till we were done. So that always works out really well. But that's why you hear a huge difference in the sound. Uh, the other part I do is I go around and I'm able to actually meet my podcast guests that I have interviewed but not met in person. So there's a, a large number of people that are there vending or, or at the show for meetings like I am, and I will be able to actually meet them in person. So that is super awesome for me. I just like, I like to finally be able to say hello to somebody in person that I've talked to on my podcast. Now, the other thing that's going on is that uh, twice a year, I mean, some vendors have new things every single time. Some vendors, like let's say a batting company, there's generally not a new batting, you know, twi- twice a year. So you know, basically they're there so you can get education, so you can ask questions. But for most of the vendors, there's actually a little something new. So like the Aliso irons came out with a little mini iron. So I'm kind of waiting to get hold of one of those and try it out. They're real tiny, like for travel or maybe if you have a, like maybe an RV and you want to take something smaller in that, uh, you know, really kind of like a baby size, you know, it's a travel size, but they're just so cute. Of course, anything little is cute, right? You just make it small, it's going to be cute. Uh, let's see, what else was, there were uh, different companies, you know, demoing. So just like when you go to a quilt show that you go to, often in a booth, somebody will be demoing. But when you're at a trade show, it's a little bit different because the company is there demoing. And it's not like a shop who has, you know, 80,000 products in their in their booth and they're demoing, you know, one this hour and a different one that hour. You know, you're going to the manufacturer's booth and they're basically demoing the products that they have or a featured product. So they might have one product that they're, you know, showcasing over and over again. So upcoming for me, I picked up uh, uh, some friends, you know, who new friends to me, and you're just going to love them. One lady I work have known for years uh, contacted me beforehand and said, you know, I've just changed companies. Come, can we meet with you and tell you a little bit about what we do? And so that blossomed into quite a fun uh, project. So that'll be coming. That'll be coming. I have to, you know, it takes a little time to get all this stuff in order. The fabric companies all are showcasing the new fabric lines, and many of the designers are there who the fabric designers or their in-house fabric lines. And so you might, you know, see, you know, you'll see a mix of everything that's going on. A lot of the designers are massively created at creative at displaying their uh, space, you know, so they'll get, um, uh, depends on the, 
the designer. It depends on the company. It could be a very large space. could be a very tiny space. Either way, the designers are all really creative about setting up their space so that you can see the quilts that they brought or the fabric or the tools or whatever it is that they're showcasing. I personally love that part. I love seeing how creative people are with their displays. It's kind of like going into a gift shop and seeing a really, really good display. Some people, that is their strong point. You know, they're very good at displaying their items. Uh, and and I, I admire that. It's one of the things is I'm probably, you know, for me personally, that's, I have to think that through quite a bit, the display part. It's not, you know, something that I kind of whip together, whereas other people would be like, yes, ding, 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 it's all whipped together and it's really, really cute. It's like when you go into one of those, you know, like a quilt shop in your, or any kind of store and you're like, oh my gosh, I want everything in that display. Those are the ones I love. I love to walk around and see what, is being displayed, you know, what that looks like for people. American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine has a huge, big anniversary, and they did this great big timeline of um, 25 years and showed all the different things for each year that went on, like when they came out with the quilts of more, or, you know, when they may have changed the style of the magazine, or like when my podcast joined them. And so that wrapped around two sides of the booth, and it was just the coolest thing to walk along and go, yeah, 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 I remember that. I can remember when the first issue of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine came out. I can still remember it. Everybody was so excited uh, in my area for that magazine, for this magazine to come out, because... It was different. It was geared towards us, the quilt maker, and it still is. I, I am a little biased. I think it's one of the best magazines or the best <laughs> because I really feel like the editing team is all about what we as quilt makers want to know. It has a nice mix of information and patterns and sort of life, you know, sort of lifestyle or, you know, about the designers. So it gives you a great mix. And there's challenges, there's all kinds of stuff you can find in American Patchwork and in Quilts and More. So that timeline was really fun to see. Now the, the, the trade show is set up much, it's set up just like a quilt show. All the uh, people have booths, but, you know, there's also things that, you know, you might not think of for a quilt show or, or quilt shops would need to see, but there are antique dealers and the dealers primarily have only quilts in their booths. They're quilt antique dealers. And so I have a couple of friends. So I got to stop by and see them. And I'm going to be having uh, Mary Covell on who also has a shop and I think it's Bedford, uh, Pennsylvania. So I chatted with her and she's going to come on the show um, um, in in probably January or February, so that was great to touch base with her. I've uh, purchased things from her before, and uh, Cindy Reynolds was there, and I've done a lot of work with Cindy over the years, so we got to touch base, and she showed me these fabulous uh, feed sacks that were over-dyed in, like, a lavender. It was the most incredible thing. They were just sort of this really pretty lavender color. We were trying to figure out why, you know, what was somebody going to do with those? Were they trying to get, you know, enough seeds, feed sacks to use them to make something particular in that color? You know, that the all those dealers are there for the trade show, and then they stay for 
the festival, which is the show that you go to. Uh, and the reason why they're at both is because there's designers and business people who purchase antique quilts. You know, they, they, you know, collectors within the industry, you know, might be shop owners, might be designers, might be just people within uh, other, within the businesses. They all love antique quilts. So they always bring that, bring their stuff to both, to both shows. Let's see, I saw some cute, uh, vintage, button jewelry you know it's another thing that they generally vend at both shows because a lot of shops will and just designers and industry people want to have that uh that too so down at the george r brown convention center they have a whole lot of things you know that go on when you come to festival uh it's really much more interactive at festival you have a larger variety of classes and they're all day you have things that go on in the evening that you can sign up for um marcia baker was on telling you a little bit about that a couple of weeks ago she's now deep into managing the festival so you know this you know when i'm here at the show right now uh you're listening to it afterwards but while i'm here i did get to see marcia once so that was really nice i got to give her a nice hug and and say hello i've known her for years so this has been uh a on the scenes show at Houston in October or actually November, sorry, it's usually in October, it's November of 2018, the trade show. I'm Pat Sloan, and I've enjoyed being able to interview people in person and then giving you a little recap here. I'm going to be flying home tomorrow from Houston and back to my regular job uh, in my studio. So visit me online at Facebook at Quilt Along with Pat Sloan. Visit my website, patsloan.com, for everything. And visit allpeoplequilt.com. Uh, online, you can listen to shows and you can search by person at the tab that says podcast. And we'll have a new show next week. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.